0: So we have reached the logical conclusion of our hookup series, A Permanent Hookup, because our brains crave permanence. We want to attach to one person and stay attached to them. So I can't think of anything that says permanence more than a tattoo. That's why we're here at All American Tattoo out in Gainesville. What we have done in this series is we've looked at the best research and the best science of the past 20 years, and the Bible. Now, the Bible, 3,000 plus years ago, spoke of these powerful relational truths that science and research have come along in the past 20 years and said, oh yeah, that's true. And there's so much out there. There's so many books. There's so many opinions. Here's what we're interested in today. There are things in this world about relationship. There are so many opinions. There's so many books. There's so much research out there. What I want to do today is I want to boil it down. There's a lot of things that sound good, but there's a very few things that actually work good. There are things that sound good. There are things that work good. Just saying to myself, you know, there's so much out there. Tell me what I can do. I'm a simple person with limited time and limited energy. Where do I focus the most of my energy and the most of my attention? That's what we're about today. We want to focus on what works, but there's three things, clear things from the Bible, confirmed by science and confirmed by a massive amount of research that will move us forward to a thriving relationship to a permanent hookup. So let's go inside and let's get our tattoo on. Hey everybody, uh, I'm here with Chad. Chad, it's so awesome of you coming in early this morning, opening up for us. Chad's a tattoo artist here at all American. A uh, tattoo, and I just really appreciate that. Oh, absolutely, it it's really cool. Absolutely, it's nice to have you. So we're in the middle of a series called "The Hookup," okay. And today is all about a permanent hookup, and I can't think of anything more permanent than a tattoo. Now, Chad, have you ever seen somebody like get the name of somebody that they thought they were going to be in a permanent relationship with, oh, and yeah. it turned out not to be permanent?
1: Yeah, pretty much every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really the best idea. That goes back to. We have that whole saying in, in in this tattoo thing. Like, if you definitely want to get rid of her or get rid of him, just get the name tattooed. Good to go. It's all over it's once you get the over. tattoo on you Get your on kids, there. get your dog. You know that's great. But as soon as you get the other, that's it. Kids it's and it's, dogs it's are good,
0: but okay. I got you. Okay. All right. I want to ask you this: What makes a tattoo so permanent? Like, why is it? Ta- when I think of a tattoo, I think of permanence. What? Why is that?
1: Um. I mean, I think it's because of the decision and the dedication you made to keep it. Mm. It's not just the, you know, the needle into the skin. But I mean, because there's ways to get rid of them. You can get rid of them now if you really want to. You can cover it up. But to actually make it permanent and to keep it on you, that's you know, that's a thought in your head. That's you know, your decision to do that.
0: Whoa, that's really good, Chad. So everybody, it, it's about our dedication. It's about what we put into it. It's about that thought in our head, which is exactly. See, Chad, that's better than what I could have hoped for. That is, that is awesome because it's a thought in our head, which is what we're talking mm-hmm. about today. That's what makes it permanent. Listen, man, I want to show you something. Okay. Okay. I don't think you've ever seen anything like this before. Neither have any of you. Look, oh, those are you look at those, man. We're,
1: we're going to finish those up today, right? That's what we we're going to do. That's are, they why you came. are they bad or what? Yeah, man, we'll get those elbows next we'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, everybody. So God is the master of relationships. We want to take our cues from Him. What do we see from God here in the opening pages of the Bible? Again, Genesis. It means more than the first book. It means more than beginning. It means first importance. As go our relationships, so goes our life. The quality of our relationships determines the quality of our life. That's what the best research that's what the best science shows us. We desire in our brains a permanent hookup. So how do we get a high quality permanent hookup? What do we see from God? We see really three really important things. God pauses, God blesses, and God close. What do we learn from that? God pauses, Genesis 1, Why does God pause? God pauses because he takes a moment, doesn't do this with anything else in creation, but when he creates humanity, he pauses for a moment to reflect. And we told this story a few weeks ago. In this reflection, God is thinking about how positively he believes his great faith in all of humanity. God pauses. God is positive. God pauses because God is positive. God blesses because God loves us and is so patient with us. We're going to see that in a moment. And finally, God clothes us. Now, we said last week it's time to plan. This is what we're going to say this week. It's time to plan again. When we start out in relationship, the fireworks are going off. The sparks are flying and we start coming up with plans. We do certain things, but then all of a sudden it cools down. What do we do to ignite that again? Revelation tells us you don't have as much love as you used to. Anybody feel like that? Think about where you have fallen from and then turn back and do what you did at first. So it's time to plan again. And this is what we're going to do. Now, I want to use. LCD. You know what an LCD is? You've got it on your phone. You've got it on your flat screen TV. It's a new technology. Not new now, but new a couple years ago. Helps us see clear. Helps us see better. It's better technology. What do we see? So Helen Fisher stuck a bunch of happily married couples who've been married for a long time, stuck them in an MRI machine to see what their brain would show. And you know what the MRI showed us? It showed us these three things LCD. The L stands for a love map. The MRI showed us that inside the brains of long-term, happily married couples, it saw a love map. What's a love map? It means that you really, really know your spouse. You know your partner. You know their likes. You know your dislikes. You know the way they want their coffee. You know who their friends are. You know what their favorite food and what their favorite movie is. And you know this, it's an ever-expanding amount of knowledge. Not static, like your spouse isn't a robot. They're dynamic. They're growing. And so you have an ever-expanding amount of knowledge about their personal life, about their inner world. You have a love map of them. Here's what Gottman says. At the heart of my program is the simple truth that happy marriages are based on a deep friendship. When you have a deep friendship with somebody, you know what's going on in their world. He continues, emotionally intelligent couples are intimately familiar with each other's world. Isn't it interesting, everybody, that the biblical term for making love is to know Adam knew his wife. That's what real making love is. Making love is to know somebody, to have their love map right there in your hand to be aware of what is going on in their lives. And again, we get the cue from God. God knows us. He knows us so well. Psalm 139. He knows when we sit down. He knows when we stand up. He knows when we lie down. He knows the thoughts in our mind. He knows the words before we even speak them. What is that Psalm trying to say? God is saying God is personal. God knows us. He knows what's going on in our lives. And therefore, because God is the master of relationships, if you want a thriving relationship, if you want a permanent hookup, if you want a magnificent marriage and not a miserable marriage, then you've got to have a love map. You've got to know what is going on in your spouse's life. Well, God clothes them, we see. God clothes them in Genesis chapter three after the problem that they had And by making bad decisions, like when things were just like really bad, when they were really down, God, He gives them the consequences of it, but He closed them because He knows them and He knows what they need. God closed because He knows. Now we think about this. He's covering their shame. Yeah, He knew they needed their shame covered, but there's something more than that. They're down. They're disappointed. They feel defeated. You know what happens when we clothe people in the ancient Near East? In the Bible, we clothe kings and queens because it's a special occasion. It's a moment of honor. Priest. How much of the Bible is about the special garments of a priest? We get all this incredible detail about what a priest wears because we are honoring that person by clothing them. Jacob. He wants to honor his son, Joseph. So he what? He makes him a technicolor dream coat, right? So he gives him this special coat of many colors because it's an honor. What is God doing? God clothes us because God knows us. He knows that we need to be covered. Our shame needs to be covered up so we don't feel embarrassed. But he also knows he wants to lift our heads. He's the glory and the lifter of our heads. And so he's saying, I still love you. I know what you need. God clothes us because God knows us. So Gottman calls it a love map. Helen Fisher calls it empathy. The word empathy means to be aware of. Are you aware of your spouse's life? And God calls it clothing. Now, Gottman gives the story in his book. Talks about a man, brilliant man, a doctor who has super high IQ, almost a non-existent EQ? He doesn't know anything going on in his family's life, doesn't know anything going on in his wife's life. And their relationship was totally melting down. They were ready. They were headed towards divorce. However, he realized what was going on and he began to become simply aware of what was happening in his wife's life. And that began to turn the corner for him. So, Okay, okay, ready? You're probably saying, right, now, okay, John, you're talking about all kinds of stuff. Give me all these lists of things like foods, friends, movies, coffee, all of these different things. Can you boil it down for it? Because that's what today is really about. We want to boil it down to the most important thing. So here it is. Here's the number one most important thing from this point. You got to ask a question. You look your spouse in the eye at the end of the day, every day, and you say, tell me about your day. You can ask your way to a permanent hook up. Tell me about your day. Now, this is so important, everybody. Put it on your calendar, set reminders, say, hey, Alexa, hey, Siri, remind me every day to ask my spouse this one question. Tell me about your day. This is pure gold. This is what our brains show. This is what we need. This is what happily married couples have. They got a love map. You got to ask questions. Ask your way to a permanent hookup. So that's the L. The L's a love map. What's the C? The C is to control your emotions. Control them. Fisher calls it emotions. Gottman calls it a harsh startup. It's when you allow your emotions to go, ah, you know, you allow your emotions to go crazy. God calls it family and food. Like, what the heck does that mean, John? Well, in Genesis chapter 3, everybody, we see that they are getting, Adam and Eve are getting the consequences Like, all this harsh stuff. Here's the consequences of your bad decisions. But what is so interesting here? It's like, in that world, all the other gods would have just ripped them apart because they made a mistake. And gods are going to rip you apart if you do things right. But if you make a mistake, it's going to be even worse. But in the midst of God telling them the consequences that they're going to suffer from their actions. He reminds them of his blessing. If you'll read Genesis 3 again, you'll see that in the consequences, it talks about family and it talks about food. What was the blessing of Genesis one twenty-eight? It was family and food. You would have a family. You would be fruitful and you would multiply and you would be able to eat the produce from the ground. And so God reminds them, God is so patient with us. God loves us so much that even when he's given us the consequences, he's like, Hey, I want to remind you that you're still blessed, that I'm still for you, that God is patient with us. He doesn't let his emotions go crazy. He doesn't rip us apart. What does the scripture say repeatedly? God is loving and he is kind and he is patient. And we need to take our cues from God. He is the master of all relationships. And if you'll control your emotions in your relationships, that will go so far. That is the pure gold. It's the number two thing that we can do. And God does that. Listen to what Gottman says about the harsh startup. He says, and this is really great. The research shows that if your discussion begins with a harsh startup, it will inevitably end on a negative note even if there are a lot of attempts to make nice in between. Statistics tell the story. Now, look how big this number is. 96%, everybody, 96% of the time, you can predict the outcome of a conversation based on the first three minutes of a 15-minute interaction. A harsh startup simply dooms you to failure. So if you begin a discussion that way, you might as well pull the plug, take a breather, and start over. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Yes. Look, your conversations, and they start bad, take a reset, stop, whoa, pull the plug, get yourself together, come back again, and start by controlling your emotions. John, where do I put my focus and energy? Put it right there. Control your emotions. Don't be harsh. Be calm. Now, Galatians chapter 5. What does God want to produce in our life? All these nine things I'm about ready to read are pure gold. It's all about controlling. It's all about being loving, patient, kind. Listen to it. What's the Holy Spirit want to produce in our lives? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That was nine, right? You can calm your way to a permanent hookup. You can ask your way to a permanent hookup. And you can calm your way to a permanent hookup. What a great, happily thriving, smoking hot marriages have. Right here in the brain, the brain showed it all, that we have a love map and we're calm and controlled. And God showed us 3,000 years ago that exact same thing. Finally, the D. The D is a determined positivity. You got to be determined to be positive. You got to stay positive. Now, listen, Helen Fisher calls it positive illusions about your spouse. Gottman calls it a fondness and an admiration for your spouse. God calls it glory and honor. This is what it says. Psalm 8, such a great psalm about humanity. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet... You have made them only a little lower than God, and you have crowned them with glory and honor. God is positive about you. God is constantly positive. That's why we see God pauses in Genesis 1, 26, because God is reflecting, here are human beings who have freedom. They have the freedom to take my good creation and make it better or make it worse. Should I take the risk? But God feels so positive about you. He says, yes. Because God believes in you. God is always positive about you. And Gottman says, what is the antidote to contempt? This is what he says, simply reminding yourself of your spouse's positive qualities. That has the power to totally reset a relationship. Philippians says it this way. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Compliment your way to a permanent hookup. These things, everybody, don't have to be some great grand thing. It's everyday ordinary stuff. You're scanning what's going on in your spouse's life and you're just looking for positive things to catch them with and say, thank you. Oh, you did that great. Check this out. You can say, hey, I thought the way you handled that parent-teacher conference the other day was really great. You can say, hey, I really appreciate you uh, making my sister feel so welcome here. That's so awesome of you. Thank you for filling my car up with gas. Thank you for taking the trash out. Thank you for paying the bills. Thank you for paying the taxes. You look so smoking hot in that outfit. Thank you for dealing with the plumber. It's anything and everything, compliment, compliment, compliment. So ask your way to a permanent hookup, right? Compliment your way to a permanent hookup and calm your way to a permanent hookup. Determined positivity can reset your relationship. This, everybody, is where science and research and many years ago, the Bible told us, Put your energy right at these three things and your relationship can be thriving and permanent. Okay, everybody, today is Communion Sunday. I can't think of a more perfect place to celebrate communion than here in a tattoo parlor because God has a tattoo. Now, I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. So while you're gathering some bread, and some juice or something to drink to celebrate this meal together. While you're gathering that, uh, let me tell you about a new partnership that we have. We have a partnership with Safe Harbor Counseling. The information is on the screen. Maybe you need somebody uh, to talk to. Look, counseling is awesome. It's a really important uh, thing to do. Maybe you need uh, marriage counseling. Maybe you need individual counseling. We have developed this partnership. We have already had a number of people talk to the counselors at Safe Harbor. So it's just a wonderful opportunity that we have. So if you need information, again, it's on the screen. Now, communion. Again, I can't think of a better place than to celebrate Holy Communion than here in a tattoo Parlor. Why? Because God has a tattoo. Yes. Some of you find that shocking. Didn't know that. Oh my goodness. Are you serious? God has a tattoo. Yes. God has a tattoo. You can read about God's tattoo in Isaiah 49. What is that tattoo of John? The tattoo is of you. We're told in Isaiah 49 that God has engraved, tattooed on the palm of his hands. You your name, because to God, his relationship with you is permanent. It's unconditional. It's irreversible. It will never end. God loves you with a permanent, unconditional love. And so here today, I want to ask you, because God has tattooed you on the palm of his hand in permanence, will you tattoo God on your palm and on your heart? that your relationship with God is permanent. Because when you tattoo God's name on you, you're saying, God, I'm endeavoring to follow your ways. And what have we seen about God's ways today? The way God loves us, the way God interacts with us. And if we interact with others the way that God has shown us, our relationships will thrive. Now, communion. Jesus Christ celebrates communion. On the Passover, it's very important. Very important. Because what is the Passover? The Passover is leaving a land that did not work. Being set free from a place where things were in bondage to go to a better place, to go to the promised land. And so communion today is a time to think about leaving those habits and those attitudes behind by the power, the forgiveness, and the mercy and grace of Almighty God, leaving that behind. What do you need to leave behind? What habits, what attitudes do you need to leave behind so that you can pick up the attitudes and habits that we talked about today that causes our relationships to thrive? Forgiveness is in communion. Do you need to seek forgiveness? Do you need to give forgiveness? What do you need to do today? What do you need to leave behind today to pick up God's ways, To do things God's way. Now, we're told the night that Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that's been permanently broken for you. And then he took a cup, cup of the new covenant in his blood. He said, this is my life, my very life, my blood that has been permanently spilled for you. As often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you remember my permanent love, my new covenant with you. Let's pray for the bread and the cup, and then let's eat and drink together. Almighty God, we thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the relational truths that totally transform our lives. We're so thankful that it's tried and it is true. Thank you, Jesus, for the permanence of your love for us. Bless the eating of this bread and the drinking of this cup, and by your mercy, power, and grace, help us to leave behind habits and attitudes that don't work, to follow your word, will, and ways that does work. In Christ's holy name, amen. Let's eat and drink together. So now we're going to go back to Ryan and Alicia Hahn. And I gotta say, I had the awesome honor of officiating Ryan and Alicia's wedding. They met at Grace. They found their divine match at Grace, which you know, if you watched last week's message, it's really important to me. I pray, pray, pray all the time that Grace would be a place of divine matches. I'm asking you, please, would you join me in that prayer? That Grace would be a place, of more divine matches. I pray, pray, pray for marriages to thrive, to have a permanent thriving hookup. Would you please join me in that prayer?